0: In a world where um, you know, where everything is digitized, uh, email is critical. Uh, you know your your mobile app and your iPad app are are, are more critical than ever. Um, you know your web application is also important. You know and you know it all needs to work together. Right. Uh, you know and you know each one of these needs to be a source of excellence.
1: You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data we're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market.
0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Data Unlocked podcast. In this podcast, we explore ways in which data drives creativity creativity and innovation for marketers, uh, and we explore that with the best and the brightest in the industry. My name is Jason Davis, founder and CEO of Simon Data, a growth platform driving smarter marketing for brands like JetBlue, TripAdvisor, Equinox, and BarkBox. I'm thrilled to have our guest, uh, Mike Carrick, SVP of Technology at Airship, on our show today. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Great. Diving into things here, uh, you know, with the onset of the pandemic and all the changes to COVID, we wanted to focus today on one of the specific aspects of this intense digitization that we've seen over the last two years. And that's really, uh, you know, the mobile nature of today's consumer. Uh, you know, within that, we want to really hone in on uh, what does this mean for the listeners of our podcast today and in particular? Uh, you, know, How does your mobile data and engagement strategy need to adapt accordingly? So maybe to kick off, Mike, maybe you can sort of just yeah, yeah, first talk a bit about, uh, airship, you know, what you guys do, uh, and then we, then from there, we can get into some of the trends that, that, you know, sort of the topic of the show today.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so airship, um uh, so as you mentioned, I'm the SVP of technology at airship. So I look after, you know, everything from our product strategy to, you know, the operation of our platform. Our focus is on, uh, app experience. And okay. so, uh, we do everything from push notifications to um, really immersive experiences inside of our customers apps. And then in addition to that, you know, we'll, we'll send email from your app, SMS from your app, but we're all about you know, really driving that end to end mobile experience and trying to give our customers insight from that and then integrate with the rest of their tech stack, which often includes a company like yours.
0: Uh, great. Uh, you yeah. know, And so maybe we can talk about, I mean, Airship has been around for uh, you know, probably eight, nine, 10 years now. And, uh, you know, as we have you know, everyone in the data and the MarTech and the, sort of the you know, consumer engagement space, uh, you know, we really all saw, you know, the changes that, uh, you know, happened you know, when the pandemic hit two years ago. And obviously these started these changes all started with the consumer and user behavior. And then, you know, obviously quickly, you know, translated upstream to, uh, you know, how, how marketers oriented to the new consumer, uh, you know, oriented to new behaviors and, uh, of course, use the technology, um, you know, you know, appropriately. Uh, so maybe you can talk about some of the, you know, I guess really some of the trends that, that you've seen around sort of post, po- post COVID digitization and inertia.
1: Yeah. Um, a, c- a couple of things come to mind. Uh, one, obviously, all things digital through the pandemic have been huge. Like uh, many companies, we've seen a, a fair amount of user growth, just the number of users our customers have that use their apps has, has steadily grown, you know, we've got um, you know, billions of active users that's that's gone up, um, You know, at least like 10, 20% um, through the pandemic. Um, and we've also just seen that cu- our customers and users want to do more and more inside of their app. You know, people are using, you know, mobile usage continues to grow, even though, you know, maybe through the pandemic people weren't moving around quite as much, but you know, just that interface of the the mobile phone or the iPad or tablet, has re- really continued to grow. I, th- I remember before the pandemic. I remember people predicting like that apps were going to decline, and I I laughed. Uh, one of the reasons I laughed is I, I've been I've been proven wrong on email. I remember saying that well, email is going to decline. Like none of these things ever decline. Like once you find a useful medium to reach consumers, like it doesn't go away. And so w- we've found what our customers are trying to do through the pandemic is you know drive much more transactions than they used to probably. So we've seen a lot of customers do use cases like buy online, purchase in store, or airlines have, have gotten much more focused on really managing the entire, they tend to call it the, the day of travel experience. And so they're just trying to remove as much friction um, from that um for consumers. And so they're, you know, they keep investing and in, into their apps to, you know, make those experiences much more uh seamless. And and so we've been helping them a lot um with those types of use cases.
0: Uh, great. And and Mike, maybe you can talk a bit more about some of the foundational differences between mobile app and mobile web. And, you know, before the pandemic, I had also heard, you know, the speculation around, hey, the mobile app is dying, but you really, what drove the resurgence? What, from a technology perspective, you know, from an experience perspective, what is it about the mobile app that really, uh, you know, know, especially in sort of a post COVID world is is, is sort of driving its adoption?
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, just like my comment on email like you can't just have a mobile app just like you can't just have a website even if it's like a mobile responsive website i mean if you maybe if you're just going to have one thing like you know, maybe you have a strategy like that but what we found you know particularly with um you know these kind of newer brands or enterprise companies like they once they they see the dollars they're driving through their app like they 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 understand that hey you got to fundamentally invest in each of those things and there's no kind of shortcut to like some you know one website you know that can can suffice um, for mobile so um you know, some of the differences you know particularly with native mobile apps comparing that to like a, just a responsive uh website is you know just the the user experience is is purpose built for mobile. You can send push notifications to Android websites, but not iOS. That's one, you know, one important other, you know, specific thing. But I think, you know, when you have a an app on one of your consumers, customers, phones, you know, it's, it's there permanently. They're always logged in generally. You know, yes, it gets push notifications, but, you know, that user experience, you know, if you take an airline as an example, like I fly Alaska a lot. It's just a tap away for me to look at my kind of mileage summary. Like I don't have to wait for, you know, a laggy kind of website to kind of, and I don't have to navigate some website. I think what it really comes down to is, you know, native mobile apps are, they feel purpose built for mobile. And, uh, you know, if you, if you invest in them, like the, the kind of user experience that you can create for consumers is, you know, really unmatched, um, by the web.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you know, just reflecting on my my personal experience, you know, I live in you know I live in Brooklyn, and you know, we're you know me and my seven year old are big Brooklyn Nets fans. Yeah. So you know, when I sort of look to get tickets, I generally just buy day of, and I use SeatGeek in their app. Yeah. You know, and they're very good. You know, about you know obviously having a rich market place to you know where you can buy last minute tickets, but you also their push strategy, and they're a Simon Data customer today. Um, you know, but, uh, you're really just thinking about, you know, from a consumer perspective, uh, you know, what's availability, you know, is there an opportunity to go, you know, 90 minutes before, you know, before the game and you're just having that fluid, uh, dynamic experience where I can browse the stadium. Uh, you look at any section, you know, and really just understand what the trade-offs is, you know, it's very hard to replicate that kind of thing, you know, in a web application.
1: Well, there's, I think there's something about just, uh, it feels so casual on your phone. Like, I don't know about you, but the, when I got to log in on my desktop or something, it's just like, uh, it's no, it's not as fun. Like, I mean, that experience that you're kind of describing with SeatGeek I mean, we still, even though mobile phones have been around for whatever, 15 years now, like smartphone era, like still every month or so I'll have some new magical experience. And I'm like, that's so cool. Like, and that just took like 20 seconds, you know?
0: Yep. No, a hundred percent. Um, you know, and of course the goal of sort of every app developer, uh, you know, is to get to that sort of primary placement on my home screen, uh, you know, you keep it top of mind, but when it does work, when the flywheel happens, you know, around, uh, you know, making sure that it's used on a regular basis, you know, hourly, daily, you know, minimally weekly, uh, then it's an amazing thing. But, you know, when it's not, this is when sort of strategies, uh, you know, that Ayrshire brings to the market with, you know, with push. And of course, uh, you know Some of the stuff that we do at Simon Data to coordinate this across the broader channel mix, it'll right. you know, become critically important. Um, you know, Mike, I guess before the show, you know, we were talking a bit about uh, some of the airship's new capabilities around uh, you know, you know, being able to affect uh, a much finer uh, you know the level of granularity around personalization. Uh, yeah. So maybe you can talk about that, and some of you know maybe just talk a bit about you know the product for our listeners, but also just talk about adoption, the trends you're seeing around uh, you know, how consumers are actually you know you're responding to you know to different types of messaging and uh, and, and really what's what's most effective.
1: Yeah. Um, so um, I'll start with personalization, and then kind of weave into some of our newer capabilities. But um, you know. Before the pandemic, uh we we invested for a couple of years in really making you know, things like our content personalization and segmentation much more sophisticated. And you know, throughout the pandemic, we've seen steady uh, adoption of those capabilities from our customers, which has been really exciting and at, at times challenging, just because you know we've got some of our customers have you know 10 to 50 million users and maybe uh, before our personalization capabilities, you know, they would, you know, maybe segment their audience and send unique messages. But we, we started seeing our customers, you know, sending a message to 10 million people or more. And f- for every person, they got a totally unique message because it was highly personalized. So We've seen uh, that's been really, really exciting. Um, to see those types of capabilities get, get used more. And as you, as you know, Um, you know, to drive those kind of use cases, we, we need to collect, um, much more data or we need to be able to reach out into other systems as those messages are sent. We've got this capability we call external data feed where we can just fetch data. That capability has caused some of our customers some challenges. So we've had to make sure that we, you know, throttle that appropriately so we don't like take down their website. Um, when we're sending those 10 million messages. So that, that's been really, um, exciting that on the segmentation side, just our customers are getting really sophisticated. You know, maybe instead of sending, creating a, a segment of a couple attributes, you know, they'll, they'll do that, include a list, include, uh, you know, behavioral events. And so, you know, the tight type of, type of kind of analysis that we got to do to, you know, solve for that segment isn't, isn't as easy as it used to be, but, um, Beyond uh, personalization, where we've really been investing, and we're just, just rolling it out now, we announced it last fall, our App Experience platform. And uh, that new platform has a number of really exciting new capabilities around App Experience specifically. So we are introducing this new solution that we're calling Airship Scenes. Uh, it kind of plays off of you know like a movie scene. And what Airship Scenes is all about is trying to help our customers create these kind of ad hoc experiences, you know, multi-step experiences directly inside of their app. And it incorporates, um, you know, user experience elements, data collection elements, and it kind of feeds that flywheel of personalization. So, you know, making it much easier for customers to do that, to collect, you know, zero party data so that they can then personalize from it. And then send it to other systems like Simon Data, so that they can use it across their data ecosystem. So we we've got Airship Scenes, we've got uh, Airship Surveys, and uh, uh, Airship Preference Center. Um, and and what 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 makes these so exciting to our customers is they were purpose built for uh, native mobile apps. And so we invented some really cool technology to make this possible. You know, you you create these things in the Airship UI, you publish them, and then they get rendered um natively inside of your app and have behavior. It's really a one-of-a-kind solution um that we're we're really excited about and our customers are, are pretty thrilled. Those solutions are now uh rolling out and will be generally available um in the next two weeks. Uh you no,
0: know, that that's that's super exciting and you know, we wrap the show. Maybe you can sort of tell folks about how to learn more about your airship and some of these new launches. More specifically, you know, I think we may have time for one more quick topic. You know, certainly relevant around data. You know, and that's some of the changes to iOS and some privacy changes. Mike, there's probably no one, a you know, few people in the world more qualified than you. to talk about, you know, what you know, what these means. Maybe you can just sort of, you first briefly summarize what they are, and then sort of talk about uh you know what it means um you know you know to really be able to you know collect you know consumer data in a in a privacy compliant fashion yeah. uh you know with these new limitations and uh and sort of what 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 your approach is with airship.
1: Yeah. So there's there's two things I'm sure most of your list listeners will know about both of them. Um with uh the most recent version of iOS, uh Apple, uh you know Introduce a bunch of restrictions specifically around cross-data tracking, right? You need to get consent if you're specifically around the IDFA and ad um, tracking. Um, Another probably lesser known thing that they uh, updated is around getting opt-ins for push notifications specifically around marketing-oriented messages. You're supposed to get an explicit opt-in. For that, um, now that's, that's one of the reasons that we built our preference center to make that just really simple for our customers to get that consent or any other consent or and we call it kind of like opt down. You know, the last thing you want is people to opt out of messaging. So you got to, the key is to give them enough preferences so that they can, you know, tailor that experience. Um, so they get the content that they want, but with, um, IDFA, um, tracking. And um, that's been we've gotten tons of questions about that from our customers because it's really impacting the kind of top of funnel um, uh, app user acquisition um, part of the market. And what we're seeing is there that's really they're not uh, it's not a, they can't make their kind of app acquisition as fine grained as they used to be able to when you know, they could just log into Facebook and do lookalike type things. They're, they're attracting much larger swaths of users. So that makes the kind of initial app onboarding experience just critical. That was you know one of the reasons that we uh, invested so heavily in this airship scenes um, technology that I mentioned. But um, you know we're seeing that you know app our app customers are needing to you know really tailor that onboarding experience, and they're having to collect more data um, on an ad hoc basis through their apps that they can, you know, personalize that experience and learn more. Like I said, they used to be able to just kind of rely on, you know, simple lookalike type um, ad acquisition campaigns, and they would get the exact users that they wanted. So they didn't have to really care about, you know, uh, onboarding and user engagement because they were getting like this, the the perfect user every time. And those days are kind of, I would not say over but it's much harder uh, you know, every customer I've talked to that you know focuses on both app acquisition and uh user engagement has said that the game is totally shifting um and that you know they're seeing a, a much bigger kind of collaboration between user acquisition teams and uh user engagement teams and they're having having to get much more sophisticated about that kind of app experience to because retention, you know, it's always been important, but now it's just, it's vital. Um, but I, I think it's driving a lot of innovation and new thinking in the app market around, you know, really understanding users and, you know, experimenting in 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 new and creative ways. So it's it's an exciting time in the app ecosystem for sure.
0: Yep, yeah, no, 100%. Uh, and I know we're sort of at, you know, at the top of our time here you know, today, Mike, but, uh, you yeah, know, I just wanted to wrap and, you know, and thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, you know, and sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, really, when I take us, take a step back on our conversation, it's, there's sort of many themes that are, uh, you know, sort of happening simultaneously. Uh, you know, and actually our you know, recorded an episode, um, you know, just earlier this week with Eric Huberman. Uh, you know, who's the CEO at Hawk Media. And we talked about some of the basics, uh, you know, around how to develop, uh, customer centric KPIs to really, uh, you know, identify leverage points to really make sure that you're focusing on the right metrics, uh, you know, that are customer centric. And, you know, we talked about this notion of CAC to LTV and, you know, you know, to really, you know, blend acquisition, uh, you know, and really think about, you know, beyond the click or the app download, but downstream, you know, into a broader view of, uh, you know, of the, customer, of the customer life cycle, um, you know, and really uh, what that means for uh, customer lifetime value. You know, this is the future. Um, yeah, you know And you know, 100% and in a world where, um you know, where everything is digitized, uh, email is critical. Uh, you know, your, your mobile app and your iPad app are, are, are more critical than ever. Um, you know, your web application is also important. You know, and you know, it all needs to work together. Right uh, you know, and you know, each one of these needs to be a source of excellence, wow. uh, you know, to meet the customer where they are. Um, yeah, 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 because it's the you know the amount of digital activity today is you know, you know far higher than you know than, than two years ago and things have really changed materially. So yeah uh yeah, you yeah, know, with that, I think uh you know you know some great stories, some great technology, some great learnings, uh and tidbits of advice. Uh, around, uh, you know, some of the iOS changes as well you know, with regards to privacy and data collection and more, um, you know, but, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, might maybe you can tell our listeners who might want to learn more about Airship where they can go.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, first, I, I totally agree with what you just said. Like, it's not, it's not good enough to have, you know, okay, website, uh, okay, email, or like, great email, okay, website, like, And this is why, uh, you know, Simon Data and Airship exist, right? Like you got to have, you got to have an awesome data ecosystem. You have to have an awesome app. There isn't this all in one solution, you know, that's going to make everything great. Um, but so in in terms of finding me, I'm easy to find on the internet. If you Google me, I'll I'll come right up, just Google Mike Herrick and you'll find me and I'd be happy to connect with anybody out there.
0: Um, great. And, and of course, to learn about, about Airship, you can go to airship.com. You know, and uh, and thank you for everyone listening to this episode of the Data Unlocked podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata.
1: You've been listening to the Data Unlocked. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data we help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale.